Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here with another Tuesday edition of Oilers Live. We got, uh, wow, we've got, um, there's, well, you know what, I'm, I'm going to put keep a smile on my face tonight because in the last, you know, little while since we've had Woodcroft behind the bench, the Oilers have been winning more games than they've been losing. Uh, so I'm not going to feel like the sky's falling just yet, but uh, tonight was a pretty awful game. And I've got as my guest, uh, Mr. Josh Bolton from Tough Call Pod. Welcome to the show. Hello, Michael. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, I invited you prior to knowing the score. So, uh, you know, sorry about that. I mean, I not that I have any effect over it, but uh, interesting game tonight. Uh, I, you know what? Let's just um, let's dig into it. Uh, because you know, there's, um, I, I think to be fair, I think there are some good things we can take from this game. Uh, and then there's a lot of bad things. I just want, let's get your sort of initial impressions and then let's talk about it. Well, my initial impression is it was pretty boring all the way around. Um, it was too quiet and there wasn't really a whole lot happening. Either way, they just took advantage of their opportunities and, and we didn't get any opportunities, really. Um, the ones we did get, we, we blew drastically and, and that was it. It was, uh, it was a game I was in and out of mentally. I was watching other games, I was, uh, <laughs> yeah. taking care of things around the house. It was just one of those nights. Yeah, no, it really was. And, and that, you know what, that's, um, we played a good game against Colorado, but that's two games now in a row where we're not burying our chances, burying our chances, right? Um, which is, uh, that's it. You know, that's tough to tough to swallow. Like, it, you know, as a player, it's frustrating. You kind of hope that it doesn't become this monkey on their back type of scenario because, they, you know, they've had chances. They had chances tonight. I wouldn't say Talbot was exceptional by any means. He didn't, you know, he wasn't tested uh, huge. He made, you know, I can count one really good save, and it was the one on Nuge in the third period. Um, but you know, they when I say they didn't capitalize on their chances, I mean they just, you know, when they'd have the puck down low, they were, you know, they were stuck to the outside. Like they, they had a couple of shifts where they had great offensive zone time, but you know, at the end of the one, they ended up with a penalty of too many men. I mean, that's. Look, it's uh, that's it's just tough. It's tough to it's tough to watch that, right? If there was a game, I can't remember the opponent of the game I did the post game show for at the moment. Um, but I remember thinking <laughs> that game was uh, it was the opposite. The the whoever it was, I can't believe I can't remember who it was. But they were all over us for five minutes. It looked like, but there was really nothing happening. They were in our end, but there was no real danger. They weren't really doing anything, and that's kind of the way I felt watching the Oilers tonight. They were they were in there, uh, except for the one top line that was broken up after the first period for some reason. Um, except for them, they uh, there really wasn't a whole lot of action, and there wasn't that 
uh, follow-up shift, which was disappointing. I thought, okay, we might get a little momentum here. We had a nice shift. Let's get a change and follow that right up. But nothing ever followed. We just couldn't string two shifts together to save our lives. Yeah, you know that's uh, that's a key point. I mean, you gotta you have to be able to string a couple shifts together, you know, to keep the momentum. And and we really didn't. I I thought it lately the um and and there's a lot of discussion about it because our uh, Ryan Lotsberg, of course, for Heavy Hockey, wrote the article uh, about Puliarvi. And you know, Ryan's uh, suggestion was throwing Puliarvi on the third line, which you know I I disagree with, but. You know, it it got some discussion, which is great, and and hit. And part of the discussion was he also said throw Cassian up to the top line. So I'm sure Lodsberg liked what he saw tonight because <laughs> <laughs> Cassian did get some top line minutes. Um, but you know the um, uh, you know my argument uh, to not doing something like that is I thought that the Fogel Ryan Nugent Hopkins line has been great as of late, but I thought tonight they were just. You know, I I don't know. Outplayed. They, you know, they were ineffective. They they didn't really do a lot, other than when the game really didn't matter, right? Right. Yeah. And and you know, I I hate games like this because guys will point to a third period, which you know, honestly, the you know the Wild by that point in the game are playing a different style of game, and and what you see on the ice in a third period like that is typically not um reflective of how the game really is and and even then having said that i don't think the oilers you know really finished strong in this game which you know is another thing you hope to take from it and they it was a little bit lackluster if you like to try and carry something over to the next game but in as a player i know that doesn't really matter to me it makes me feel better that night and i can sleep a little better that night if I have a good third, but it really doesn't affect my next game. Uh, I don't really buy into that whole show some emotion, carry, find some sort of positive to take to the next game, because the next game is a different game. The so, shutout matters, so when that, they, they got that, that matters. Yeah. yeah. No, I, you know, still, I agree with you. Yeah. Did they give that goal to Hyman still, or did they change it back to Drysdale? I don't know. I didn't hear that they gave it to Hyman. Uh, I, just one minute uh, after the goal, they were saying, "Oh, the official score might have given it to Hyman there." But oh, I think that it wasn't that they gave the goal to Hyman; it was the point, uh, the assist. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm fairly certain. Yeah, if I'm looking on the on NHL.com, it's still Drysaddle. It's and and uh, congrats to Leon Drysaddle, 21 goals. Um, you know, it's not every day you get to uh, beat a Gretzky record. Uh, it is the team record, of course, and that's pretty impressive. I I, I remember when they were trying to get uh, Smitty the twenty uh, first goal back in like ninety six, ninety seven time frame. I don't know when that was, or not that long ago. Sorry, yeah. high school. Yeah, <laughs> man. I you know I mean this. Um, so that's good. I mean, congrats to Dry on that, and fifty one goals is a new career high. Uh, I thought he played a decent game. I thought, um, you know, the the challenge that I saw tonight was it seemed like there were a lot of passengers tonight, right? Like you got uh, Drysidel, you got McDavid come out flying. One guy that, um, well, two guys. Here's here's my take, and I'll, and I'll let you speak to it because uh, Dash will love this. Uh, 
Duncan Keith was absolutely horrendous tonight. And he wasn't just horrendous. What what sort of irks me the most about it is we were told as fans that the reason you want Duncan Keith on your team is for the playoff pedigree and the style of play that he brings and the leadership he brings. And I really feel like the last few games, the officiating, the style of game, what we're seeing on the ice is very close to playoff hockey. Down the stretch here, we're going to see these games that the, the officials aren't going to start blowing the whistle till the game doesn't matter anymore, which was tonight. And that kind of pisses me off too. We can talk about that later. But, you know, they'll they'll keep, unless if it's obvious, it's maybe a puck over the glass or too many men like that, right? They're not going to blow anything down. And then maybe if it's a four-goal differential like that, they'll start calling some penalties. But that... This was playoff-style hockey. The reason Ken Holland says we got Duncan Keith, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, what? How do you define his game? He shit the bed tonight. That's how you define it. I mean, it's this was, this was horrendous. It was awful. It, you know, he, he, he left Bouchard out to dry. He, oh, if you go back on the one goal where uh, Bouchard kind of gave the puck away, it's it's Duncan Keith gives him the puck in like no man's land. He gives him the puck with nobody. Like, and what else pisses me off about that is like I went back and watched it before the show. He had time. He had. He had time. all day. All day. He had all day, exactly. And he still decides that the best thing for me to do is give it to Bouchard because somebody's about to check him. And then he does and then he doesn't complete the check in front of the net. So look, I'm you know I can't believe we even saw him in the third period. If it, if his name's not Duncan Keith and he's not a future Hall of Famer, he doesn't he sits and rides the pine in the third period. And there's no crime in doing that, even if he is a Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, maybe there is, you know? but but he should. There's he shouldn't have. His skate should not have touched the ice except to get to the bench for the third period. I remember the the couple of games ago. I was I was excited because he lost his man in front, but I was excited because I was like, but that only happened once tonight, and we won <laughs> that game, right? Yeah. I shouldn't be excited about that because this okay. is the result. New Oilers record, he was minus 13 somehow in a 5-1 game, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think I he, mean, <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> he, the only thing he didn't do was actually physically put the puck into his own net, which I... Yeah, but Twitter he got some nice he assists. Doesn't. He got some nice assists. Yeah. Have you ever seen a better tape-to-take pass? Than that <laughs> I don't know. Like, the reason they got him is because he's, quote, hard to play against but i i said at the time when they said it i said you are talking about a player who dominated you in a round that wasn't even a playoff round and then he got the, his ass handed to him in the next round and that's your your that's, benchmark as a player that's, that's hard to play against i'm sorry oh. he look I, I i'm not in the room i don't know what kind of energy or sage advice he's providing for these guys but you know, you got to lead by example at some point. <laughs> yeah, you you would figure, right? I mean, you would figure. 
Uh, I feel I honestly I feel for Bouchard tonight, and I you know Bouchard is not a defensive stalwart by any means, <laughs> but but wow, you know that poor kid tonight just didn't get any support from his D partner, the guy that you're counting on to give a veteran presence to your young rookie defenseman who's putting together a solid year, I might add. Yeah. Uh, I was going to, I, you know, I was all prepared. I'm thinking about the show as I'm watching tonight, and I was going to tell you I loved Kulak and Barry as a defensive pair. And actually, and then and then both of them, you know, managed to give up, you know, a couple. But, hey, you know what? I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. They, I thought that they still looked all right tonight. And Barry, you know, I've, Look, I've you know I've been critical of Barry many times, uh, as has any Oilers fan, especially <laughs> come defensive hockey. But but uh, I thought Barry tonight early on until he kind of he lost the one puck and and but early on he's he's showing some defensive prowess and I don't know if it's playing with Kulak or what it is or maybe just more attention to detail under Woodcroft. Uh, but I. Look, I'm not I'm not upset with his defensive game one bit. And uh in fact I'm I'm quite happy with it. I still would love to see him shoot more on the power play, but all in all, I'm getting a little bit happier with um with Barry's um results. Your thoughts on that um on that pairing? Well, I think Barry is showing a little bit of uh diversity to his game. Uh a, l- yeah. a little bit more multidimensional, which is nice, and probably Manson has a lot to do with that. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like that's just what they have to do. And I don't know, I don't know what the spark has been for him, but maybe it's all that talk on heavy hockey of there's no point in having two defensemen that are the same. So we should get rid of Barry and and promote Bouchard. Yeah. Maybe he's like, Oh, I better uh, mix it up a little bit. I'm sure they watch the show regularly. Well, and, hey, uh, they put Cassian on the top line, and that exactly published this morning on Heavy Hockey. That was a great article by Lotzi, yeah. and uh, and there it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I hope at the very least, whether it was by accident or by design, this is part of his game now, and I hope they recognize that because as a as a coach, there's there's things I see that players do where they they try something. And you want the puck to go into a certain spot and they do something wrong and the puck goes there anyway and it works out. And you're just praying that they realize, hey, that maybe I should put it there on purpose. And so I hope Barry realizes that, you know, this is helping his game. It's actually going to provide him with more opportunity, more time on the puck to, to use his offensive skill. And uh, so I, I don't, I don't want to jinx it by uh, saying too much about it. I just hope that it's been recognized. I hope he's watching some tape and realizing, hey, I should continue to do that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you bring that up. I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. One of the uh, criticisms I had of Tippett way back, it seems like forever ago now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the criticisms I had was the Oilers would come in and they seemed ill-prepared for teams. Not just, not just like you know, not getting up for the first period, but they just didn't seem to get the matchups. They didn't seem to understand how the team played. And you could argue tonight, same type of thing. Although I just think they played against a, a really good Minnesota team, 
and uh, Minnesota took it to them. Those these games happen, right? But I think all in all, the Oilers are more prepared. And part of me wonders how much of that goes back to the foundations of what Woodcroft has been become from a coach. If you watched him on After Hours and he talks about that, he's a student of the game. He's a student of the craft of coaching, which I, you know, I really admire. He's been a video coach. And, you know, taking that and taking that with a guy like Barry has got to be helpful. I, I've, you know, I've noticed and you've noticed, I think everybody's noticed Barry's game has improved considerably. Um, I'm all right having him and Kulak as a third line D pair. The part that scares me is Keith on the second line D pair. And, and that's, you know, <laughs> I don't. Anyway, I can't yeah. even. I can't. <laughs> yeah, like, I, mean, I mean, it hurts me just to say second line deep pair. Oh man, I tell you. Okay, um, another guy uh, I want to talk about is Evander Kane. Now, here's my thought, and then I, because here's the thing, I like. Uh, I was critical. Uh, I was one of the guys that didn't want him to sign. And then, you know, I was eating crow after because he came out of the gates hard and fast and scoring goals and looked like he, you know, and he played a full season. He could have been a 50-goal guy. The last eight games, he's got one goal. I don't mind the way he's playing. What drives me insane, not unlike Duncan Keith, is we've got a few games where we're starting to play playoff-style hockey, and this is a guy known for doing what he did to uh, Kaprizov today. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Is it Capri- It's uh, what's the guy? What's Kaprizov? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> that like that's his game, or supposedly his game is as a bit of an agitator, right? He's the sure. guy you expect to get in there to go to the net after the whistle and give him a little poke to do all of those things. We haven't seen it until now. We saw it in a game and at the end of a game when it didn't when it didn't matter. It didn't I, I didn't couldn't give a shit anymore by that point. And he's got it. I hope I hope that this sparked him because this is the that's the style of thing we need from Evander Kane. That's exactly what you know you need from a player like that. There was one point where the puck went over to uh, into Talbot, and Evander Kane's out front, and he's just standing there, you know, like nobody nobody even pushed him <coughs> out of the way because I think he was asking Talbot how his lunch was, right? <laughs> like nobody gave a shit that he was there because he's not playing the way that he's supposed to play. Or, you know, was ex- was expected of him before. And I want to see that. I want to see these guys. We're getting, we are getting maybe a bit of a treat for the Oilers right now, which is we're getting playoff style officiating before the playoffs actually begin. And I think the Oilers need that. And that's, and if I'm going to take something good from this game tonight, it's that. The Oilers need these type of games to understand what it's going to take once they get to the playoffs. Connor McDavid adjusted. This might be the first time I've seen him adjust to that style of play. The last couple of games he's adjusting. He's realizing that they're not going to call the hooks and the holds all the time. And he's playing through it. 
And in my mind, he's playing some of the best hockey, but nobody's finishing for him, <laughs> right? <laughs> but he, I thought tonight he was he was outstanding again tonight. He could have had two or three points. He, you know, he's he's flying. He's he's pushing through guys. He's doing what he needs to do to play a tough game of hockey. Um, and that's where Kane comes in. Kane's got to be the guy that says, "Look, if you're going to push Connor McDavid around." I'm going to push you around too. And I just don't feel like he's given that. Uh, I mean, you tell me, tell me I'm wrong, please. Or tell me what your thoughts are on it. Well, honestly, uh, I look at it like how have the Oilers been doing since they got him? pretty friggin' well. Um, if he had come in and I don't, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine being in his position, uh, knowing what people thought of him and, and coming into the lineup. And if he had just, I never thought about this until the second you brought it up, honestly, because I was actually pretty uh, pleased with the way he's played. He, when yeah, you I'm want not, to talk I'm, about it. I, so don't get me wrong. He's a skilled player and he's shown some skill over the last eight games. I just think we need that extra level. Sorry. Okay. Well, Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, no. I, it's, yeah. a, it's a very good distinction. And I'm going to try and balance this out by saying that, uh, you know, Duncan Keith, is, we talked about how he was supposed to show people how to play. Well, Evander Kane, he's not in your face or hasn't been, but he's been very physical. He's been getting position on people. Uh, he had a couple of things that I've pointed out because I look for these things. A little cross check to the head here early on when he started. He had that knee the other night, the questionable knee on knee hit that wasn't really much. But because it's Evander Kane, he's going to be under a bit of a microscope. Uh, he's had moments where he might have been sucked in in the past, but for the most part, he's doing what I would hope that the Oilers would do, like a Yamamoto-style physicality, just not letting someone move you. You don't have to be yeah. taking penalties or being in your face, but just dominate the space, and that's what he's been doing. He's He's been uh, relatively quiet in a sense, but but he's been establishing himself. And I, I hope that some of the guys have been feeding off that. And now I, I kind of liked when uh, when Yamamoto had that little uh, incident there at the blue line. And then Kane mm -hmm. was the first guy to step in. And he was all of a sudden the center of attention. There was four Minnesota Wild players surrounding him and, and no one else around. Um, I think now you're right. Where we're heading into the playoffs, he can start to do that more. But I almost think it was good for him to uh, to establish himself back in the NHL as as sort of a, a a player a quiet a quiet aggressive scorer type player uh and then people can kind of get on his side and get support for him and he can ease his way back in and now at this moment when when the chips are starting to fall he can be a little bit more of the the brad marchant kind of guy yeah um as long as that doesn't take away from from what he's been bringing otherwise, I think that's going to be a really good thing. I think you're right. He needs to step that game up a little bit, but I don't think it needs to become his entire identity. Yeah. No, okay. You know, I can buy into that. I, I, I've got no problem with that. And and like I said, I think I've, I've noticed it a little bit more the last uh, little while because the style of play, as I say, has changed, uh, I think, in the last few games. I really think yeah. uh, I don't know if um, if we if we were able to uh, subpoena the uh, NHL officiating emails, we'd probably see that a memo went out that said, "Hey guys, get into playoff mode. Time to put those whistles away." Um, <laughs> you know, because it 
because we've noticed we've noticed a difference. Or, or I have. I mean, again, tell me if you think I'm wrong or full of shit. But I, I've definitely noticed there's um, you know fewer calls being made, and and there were you know there were two or three calls could have went both ways uh, before that uh, too many men call tonight. I thought. You know, I'm For not sure. trying. I'm not trying to be a homer. I mean, I knew, I know when the uh, when they missed the calls against Edmonton, but you know, there were definitely a couple they missed the other way too, right? So. <laughs> and it was funny when that too many men call happened. I was looking at my screen, going, "Oh, good, we're getting a power play because there was seven wild players on the ice, maybe." Yeah. But it's because they were <laughs> they were in the middle of a change. None of them touched the puck. It was right not to call it, but it was just funny because I was. I didn't even notice the Oilers players because they were spread so far over the ice and all the wild players were, were just piled up in front of the bench. And I was thinking, oh, good, PP coming our way. And then I was very surprised. <laughs> now, it was the, like I said, it was the right call, but it was, it was just funny to me. I noticed that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they made a bad call today, but they missed a ton of calls. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm in the camp that says just call the game. Uh, so, you know, it's, um, it's upsetting to me that they changed the way they call, but, but on the, on the other side is, is this, is if they're going to call it like this now, then I'm, I'm actually all right with that because this, we can expect this in the playoffs and, you know, the Oilers, the Oilers are the type of team that needs to, that need to understand this is how it's going to be called. I think. You know, um, you go back a few years. I think that um, when you, everybody expected Connor McDavid to have a hell of a playoff series, and it was Drysaddle that came out and and seemed to dominate, and it's because McDavid didn't understand how to play in that type of a scenario, right? Or or you know, and and I think he's turned the corner. I watching him the last couple nights, like I think I think we're. If you know, assuming we get to the playoffs, and and there's still some work to be done because we don't, we've got the worst schedule <laughs> coming <laughs> that, coming down to that. Like, LA's got it pretty easy, uh, but yeah. we've got a we've got a pretty hard schedule. So I'm not going to assume anything, especially if you know we're going to lose these five to one games. Um, but uh, you know, I I um, look, I I think that uh, Connor's ready. I think he's. You know, this is. I think the the NHL is going to take note this year if if we make it. Like if after watching him the last two games, granted he's got no points. It's funny that I should say that because he had no points. But I love the way he's playing and and Drysital, like the man's a boss. Like he's a beast, right? How could you not, how can you not love these two? Well, yeah, everybody does. We do. We all do. Oilers well, fans, we all do. He's, no, he's been known to light it up in the last 25 games of a season. Yeah. Points-wise. Uh, but this year, it is different. And there's that, uh, I guess the, the comparable I can make is they were talking about it. Jack Edwards was talking about it today at the game uh, about skill. You can be all of the skill you want. But if you don't have the effort to compete or, or the, you know, mm-hmm. the try hard, you're not going to get anywhere. Effort will always be skill with skill doesn't have effort. But if you have skill and effort, then you're going to be unstoppable. And McDavid, they always say, well, his element is the speed. He can't do that for his whole career. He's going to get away with it now. But when 
when the speed goes or the game is called differently, it's not going to help them. Well, but if you have combined your speed with the grit and the playoff effort and that, then it becomes a major advantage again because you have the other elements that negate it and you still have your best skill that no one else has. And I think that's where he's at right now. He's picking his moments with his mm-hmm. speed and he is fighting through it. And it's, it's really a fun transition to watch. I think we're going to be treated to some very special things as, as hockey fans, especially as Oilers fans. But I think, like you said, the league is going to take notice that this is a changed man that has a different drive right now, a different motivation, and he's feeling he's all in right now. He is all in, and it's so it's so fun to watch. Like he just he was dominating tonight in in those uh, offensive zone stretches, uh, just getting to the puck. Like he chased down a couple of pucks, and I'm like I would I'd still be at the other side of the rink, you know, trying to get. <laughs> <laughs> I, he got there quicker than I could even think where the puck was, right? Like that's, right. he's just, he's, he is another level. And, and so we can take that, you know, as Oilers fans, we can take that and, and draw some positives from tonight's game. There's a, look, there's a lot of things we can say after a game like tonight and just, you know, as I said before, the uh, sky is falling. Um, we've got, these kind of games are good markers, especially, you know, if you're going into the playoffs, you got to know that you're, you're going to have nights like tonight. They just, you know, for those people out there that are like, I've, I went out, there's some Oilers Facebook group I'm a part of. Uh, it's a pretty big one. And, <laughs> you know, I want to read this comment because this is absolutely ridiculous, but this is like Oilers fans. Uh, and I, you know what? I don't think that you're, I don't think that people um, are like this typically in the uh, you know in the in 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 Oilers world or the guys that are listening to our podcast or or that. But um, uh, now I can't find it anyway. It was something about like you know another one of those Oilers being Oilers type of things. We just took the best team in the league. To the shootout, and we and we almost and we dominated them. I thought, like for the most part in that game, the best team in the league. And so you're gonna, you know, you're gonna say that you know this is Oilers being Oilers. I'm sorry, folks, but Oilers are are the team we saw against Colorado. Like this is this is a good squad. The the we've got some we've got some. Holes for sure. That second line D, we'll talk about that till we're red in the face. Um, you know, goaltending is still a bit of a question mark. But uh, hey, look, I thought Koskinen, despite putting letting in five tonight, I thought he played a great game. Could have been like the, the high danger chances that we gave Minnesota tonight. They're oh. going to score on those. And for, first of all, give Minnesota credit. Yeah, I mean, I, I always kind of thought of them as an organization that they didn't know what they were doing. They weren't quite bad enough to do a rebuild, but they weren't adding anything to be good. They were just middle of the pack for their entire existence, a playoff team sometimes, but really not a threat to anybody. And and this year, for whatever reason, they're, they're a different team. They're fun. And, and they stifled. There's a time there's sometimes where you look and you say your team's not putting an effort in or, 
as a coach, you're looking saying, oh, well, they're not skating. That's my excuse. Oh, the guys didn't skate tonight. But really, they had nowhere to go. They just yep. didn't really know how to, to have an answer to what Minnesota was doing to them. And, and give Minnesota credit for that. I think there were moments where the Oilers wanted to be part of the game. They just could not figure out a way to become a part of the game. And, and that's going to happen with a team like that. And, and full marks to Minnesota. They have a lot of guys there having a career year. They're just putting it all together at the right time. So, I mean, uh, if, the, if a team was ever going to end our streak, it's going to be them. But you have to remember there was a streak. Uh, we're doing fantastic. We're playing in playoff style games and we're not just competing. We're thriving in that environment. And well, that's something that a lot of people didn't expect from us. And tonight's win for Minnesota at home makes them 9-0-1 in their last 10 at home. Right? Like that's, uh, you know, just like Edmonton's tough to play at home. Right? Minnesota's a tough home team. Uh, it, you know, it's, you're 100% right. They're putting all the things together. Um, it, it just, this was a bad game. This was, and, and as you said, I mean, give some credit to Minnesota. They came out, they did a great job. There were moments, uh, where the Oilers looked like maybe they could put something together. They were fleeting at, at best. And, um, you know, and, and, uh, sadly, you know, when they did, um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's talk about some of the good things about tonight's game. The power play looked, uh, on, but I, you know, I put a, I know uh, Michaels, uh, Jack Michaels and Louis DeBrusque were, were raving about the power play if you're listening. But I, I, I put an asterisk beside that because you'll recall they also said the worst penalty kill in the league uh, is the Minnesota Wild. And so to have a really great power play against the worst penalty, penalty killing team in the league, I don't know. I mean, they let in one quarter of the... <laughs> of, there's a meager 75% on the penalty kill. That means you get four penalties, four power plays. You got a, you got a goal and we got one out of three. So, you know, we're not, we weren't far from, far from their record really. And, and, you know, and then, and then that third power play, I don't think we even sniffed at the net. So, yeah, <laughs> but, but the power play looked good and dry got his 21st power play marker, you know, to, get the team team record that's good penalty kill i thought was decent and has been good as of late um uh, you know it didn't um wasn't a game changer tonight though and and i did think that minnesota had some great opportunities you know what i actually like i love our power i love our power play i think it's driven by the fact that we've got two of the best players in the world on it um Whereas Minnesota's power play is driven just by good puck movement and good shooting. Did you, like, you know, like I was watching and as, as we all were, I, I hope, you know, I hope we're all watching. <laughs> what a stupid statement, Michael. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Minnesota uh, power play, they would shoot the puck from the D. Like you, you didn't know if they were going to shoot it. And I love that, right? Like, and they and they got good shots off from the D, and they were quick. As soon as it go there, boom, on net, right? Or or just off net. But you know, as soon as it would go back there, you know, as a as a defender in a penalty kill situation, you've got to be prepared for that shot, and it opens up so many areas. 
And they, well, and, I didn't notice they, I wasn't watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if, if you were watching, and they, you know, they'd shoot it down low and back into the bumper, whatever, right? Like they just had opportunities that way that the Oilers could definitely get that way. But the Oilers play this sort of patient style and they're waiting for, like, they just, there's, it's almost like there's too much skill on the Oilers' power play and they're too patient with it. I want to see them drill it around like that and just shoot as fast as they can. You know what I mean? Like they, I loved watching Minnesota's power play. Sometimes that's just all it takes. And as a, as a person who's watched a lot of Pittsburgh Penguins games in the last five to seven years, the, the number of cross box passes they try when it is on, it is a thing of beauty. There's nothing stopping them when those passes get through, but when they don't work, it's one of the most frustrating things in the world. And it's like, a, it's like a toe drag. When kids go down, they do these toe drags. It works one out of 10 times. And it looks fantastic. So they think, oh, I'll try that again. But they don't realize how much they get stopped. And, and those Pittsburgh uh, passes, when they get stopped, it's like, why are you even attempting that? But it's because they're the best players in the world. So if we have them, uh, you know, it's, it's okay to have a little bit of a poetic license there to, to go off the map a little bit and, and try. But when we only had the one option, everyone knows you're going to dry cycle in that one spot. That's uh, it's, it's all well and fine. As long as you can contain them to the outside, you just block that one shot and you're done. Um, so I think we've talked about this before, but we have to do something similar <laughs> yeah. to what, uh, the Washington Capitals do where they have Ovechkin and he just stands there. He doesn't move for two minutes, just stands there and waits for the puck. Yeah. But you can't stop it because you got Koozie and Oshie and Wilson there and they're playing around with it. And, and if you're, if you commit too much to Ovechkin, they're going to hurt you. Yeah. Uh, we, now that we have Hop, Nugent Hopkins back, like the guy, I hope we, I hope we give him the credit he deserves. I hope people realize just how vital he is now that he was missing and how much we we need him in the roles he plays because he is a piece of work himself that guy can dangle with that puck and and, and thread passes like you wouldn't believe and i think perhaps our star players uh could trust that a little bit more and, yeah. and use him as an option and I, i'm i don't know i'm not saying they don't or do it intentionally or whatever but but uh, i think with, with a lot of power plays, you look at it and you kind of know what to expect. And it just works because there's really no way to stop it. Whereas whenever an Oilers power play happens, I never know where the chance is going to come from. I don't really know what I'm looking for. There's no, there's no sort of fallback play that as a fan, I'm, I'm going, oh, I can't wait. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> it's our trademark piece. Uh, you know, like it's, it's kind of either been dry cycle or bust. And I like that at moments they've had Bouchard shoot from the point. Yeah. At moments they use that little bumper play near post to the slot for a quick one-timer. But it's never been a consistent piece of the repertoire. So I, I just, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. I, I, the answers have been there. You just have to pick one and, and map it out. I don't think either one is wrong or right. I just think everyone needs to be on the same page and doing it consistently and you, and you let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. I, I would love to see Bouchard fight again for a little power play time. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know if Woodcroft's going to do that, but um, I wouldn't mind seeing that. And I, you know, I have very few complaints with what Woodcroft's doing. So, you know, if, if that's, if that's one of them, 
Uh, so be it. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, you can always have a couple complaints. We are Oilers fans after all. Uh, all right. We've, uh, we've talked for about 40 minutes. Let's go to some of the comments here. YouTube, Facebook. Uh, Dash is listening in on Facebook, by the way. He's got lots of praise for Keith's game tonight. And uh, so, I, you know, I won't read them word for word. They're a little bit... Uh, well, it's embarrassing, frankly. Um, uh, he he does ask. Uh, Dash asks, uh, "Did you earn a medal on your wall for every episode of Sweet Magnolias that you've crushed?" Uh, so that's good. Um, that's a great show. I recommend highly. Ten out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. Uh, what what do we got? Um, Quaddy says, Cass probably shouldn't be on the fourth line, and suddenly he finds himself on the first line, not sure why. At first, when I read that, I'm like, well, if you, you, should, you don't, don't think he should be as low as the fourth line, but no, what you mean is he should be he should be riding the press box. Um, he should yeah. be playing left back, left yeah. back in the pressing room. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah, that's not, I mean, I, you know, I, I although, hey, look, I didn't think Cass had a bad game tonight. I was going to say he played yeah. well tonight. Right? He did. He so, did play well tonight, and so uh, yeah, I don't. I don't I think mean, he had a bad game. He hit a post, came in there. He did what he's supposed to do. He got a breakaway off of what I thought was a great little takeaway. Um, you know, he had three points. Yeah, get the field goal and the breakaway. That's he did. Get, he did get the field goal. <laughs> he did get the field goal. Yeah, I mean he. Uh, yeah, and he. That's his move, right? Like that little. Yeah, back forth, backhand, um, field goal. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Mitchell says Kaprizov did not back down from that fight. Gotta love Kaprizov. Or Kaprizov said he did not back down. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It wasn't really much of a fight. Uh, I would have loved. Oh, oh, I didn't mention this, but did you hear DeBrusque's little tongue in cheek? Oh, the refs uh, or the official <laughs> linesmen get in there when a couple guys actually want to fight. <laughs> I love DeBrusque. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he wanted them to go. He de- Yeah, he definitely did. Um, James on YouTube, how does Kane end up with the extra two? I, You know, same here. I, You know, I didn't get that. Like that. Uh, and you know what I enjoyed? was seeing a little emotion out of Woodcroft. Here's a guy that, you know, we think from what we see in the, you know, the pressers does not have, you know, he doesn't show a lot of emotion. He seems like, you know, Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky. I love, like, that he, and I knew, I knew he had that, but it's good to see it once in a while. Uh, you know, he said a couple of words that um, you don't you don't tell the kids. Uh, what else we got? Um Oh, uh, well, this is a positive outlook. Wild dominated us. We dominated the, the Jets in the previous season. Good stuff ahead in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's, let's hope. Yeah, get the brooms let's out. Hope. Yeah, get the brooms out. Uh, Dash yeah. says, we were we are also 9-0-1 at home in the last 10. Uh, what else we got here? Positives, some positives. CC joined a nice rush with Dreisaitl. And uh, Nurse had some nice offensive zone moments. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. 
Uh, and then the last comments, Kane was the third, first third man in, uh, easy, um, Dash says. But I disagree, Dash. Uh, and you get, can't say anything about it because you're not on tonight. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's talk about this positives. CC joins a nice rush with dry settle. Uh, look, I you know what? CC has put together a solid um, season this year. He's been good everywhere. In fact, uh, I think he's saved Nurse's ass multiple times. Uh, I think he's been uh, really good, uh, you know, on the offensive blue line, which is nice. Um, he's not a guy that I think, you know, when we picked him up, did anybody see him as a first-line defenseman? Um, is I mean, he's not really a legit first-line defenseman, I don't think, but but having said that, he's played. I think he's played really well. He's earned he's earned his minutes, and um, he was good. It was nice to see him up on the rush. Although you could see how offensive t- offensively talented he is, because um, <laughs> that was a sweet pass by Drysaddle. Looked a little bit like a Pulleyarvi uh, chance there. Um, so so a positive. I just turned into a negative. Sorry about that. Um, nurse, what do you think of Nurse? lately and that's all the positives we have for tonight ladies and gentlemen good night look i didn't notice nurse uh in any meaningful way good or bad yeah. which i think in a night like tonight is okay um he was doing what he needed to do uh there was nothing special extra but he didn't he didn't do anything egregious he didn't take a stupid penalty he he was just kind of there, and I I I don't have a problem with that necessarily on some nights. I think I think it's okay for him to just be be quiet sometimes and just play yeah. just play a game and and go home and and just just exist. You don't have to be the center of anything. You don't have to be stirring the pot too much all the time. Yeah, no, I yeah, I hundred percent agree on that. I and and you're right. He was um, like I know I did notice him tonight, um, but I did think yeah he was. Um, and maybe they've had a a talk with him. He's there are times where he gets a little bit too offensive minded, uh, right. and and the challenge with him is he can go all the way down the ice and shoot it into the bread basket as good as anybody, um, and then the puck goes the other way. And, you know, it's just not leading to good opportunities, right? Like he gets it all the way only only to have it turn around and go the other way really quickly, um, which is a skill all, all in its own. Uh, and and I, I, I love Nurse, but he's not having the season he had last year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe that comes back. If he did, then I probably wouldn't say anything about it, right? Like, um, but he's, you know, he's not finding a way to pot the goals that he did last year. He's not, you know, he's seemingly not as um, involved on the score sheet. Um, but the last couple games, he's, uh, I think he's, you know, been looking a little bit more defensive and, and I wonder how much Woodcroft again has to do with that. Um, I, you know, I like that about him. He certainly look, <laughs> you can boil all those goals down to, Keith and uh, Bouchard and mostly Keith tonight, right? Like, yeah, you know, it just um, 
doesn't get more obvious than that. <laughs> it just does not get any more obvious than that. Uh, since Kane is there, Yamo throws more hits, and some even connect. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's a good positive. I like that. I like Yamo. I mean, I, I don't know that... Um, I like him enough to put him on for any first line minutes. Somebody was suggesting maybe he needs to go back on the top line. Uh, but when Yamo's on a hot streak, man, maybe that's play him on the first line. Even in junior, like when the kid, he would go and he'd go 10 games without doing anything. And then all of a sudden he'd have 30 games in a row with a point, right? You know, and he was flying. He's a streaky player if there ever was one. As we saw when he came up and and played, uh, you know, when he came up from the minors, that was yeah. the best we've ever seen him. And and we've seen uh, moments of that. He, you know, when the puck starts to go in for him, it's pretty unreal. Ah, oh, man, I don't know. I'm trying to find I, more positive. Well, another me. positive. I don't think that I, I expressed my agreement with you enough on the whole Woodcroft emotion thing. I think it's much more effective if you only do it once in a while. It means more because it means like, oh, if he's upset, then there's probably something that we, we should probably think about because he doesn't normally get that way. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, and, and it's true. He, I can see where he's coming from. I also am, you know, with my side of things and the way I feel about blowout games and you just, I grew up in an era where if it was, five goals spread five minutes left you just knew there was going to be a fight it was just the standard thing it was accepted there's probably going to be two or three fights and that's why people stayed till the end because there was probably going to be a fight and just the more i think about that the more ridiculous it sounds to me like what why would any team that's up by five goals say yes to that first of all like why wouldn't they just slink off into the sunset and walk away with their lead so when you look at the, what just happened with beagle and terry yeah. Uh, for me, I would have been as an official, and I don't know how to officiate. I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder why officials aren't more on alert for like literally anything that the team that's down by five or six or whatever it is. You just should be looking and, and go, okay, they're going to try and stir the pot. I'm going to nip that in the bud before it happens. So, in a way, I'm not necessarily surprised that the Oilers got the extra two because for me, I would be kind of wanting to snuff them out, but I would also, I would really only want to do that in another sense. If they looked like they were causing a problem where the Oilers didn't look like they were doing that. So there was really no justification for that extra minor, except for the sake of you could possibly claim game management. You know, which I hate. I hate that term, and I hate that it exists. But that's yeah. all I'm saying about it. I mean, by that time in the game, it didn't matter, right? <clears throat> I mean, I, you know, it was I, you know, I had my hands up in the air in my living room and said, "Why we got the extra two? But really, you know, I wasn't any more upset, you know. <laughs> and, no, yeah. and and I'm glad that I am glad that Woodcroft questioned it though, because yeah. you, there should be a reward for not stirring the pot. And, and you didn't get that reward. Just like there, there should be a reward for playing clean. But if you throw a clean hit, now you got to fight. And it just it doesn't make any sense to me. There's no reward 
for doing the right thing. So when you do the right thing and you don't get rewarded for it, it's, it's nice to see somebody go off, especially, like I said, from someone who doesn't normally go off. It's not sour grapes. It's, it's a guy that is finally had enough and he's triggered enough to express his opinion. And I think that helps the team too. Uh, the team sees, Hey, it's, it's, it's a four goal game, but he's still fighting for us. He's still, yeah. he's still in the game. He's still involved. He still wants to be part of it. He still wants to have that passion. Maybe we should feed off that. And, and, and this is a guy I want to go into battle for. Yeah. You know? What, um, you know, we're talking about uh, good things. Uh, what, what's going on with Broussard? I mean, the guy came in, <laughs> had a couple of great games, some chemistry with uh, Nuge, so it seemed. Is just is this in your mind? Is this a utilization problem, or you know, like if he's back on Nuge's wing? I I think one of the problems is when he did get put up with Nuge, he also got saddled with Cassian at the same time, and so I kind of felt a little bit for him uh, then because other than tonight, Cassian's game has been horrendous, Uh, and he and you know he wasn't he's. Look, everybody's right. He was not deserving of he wasn't deserving of even playing tonight. Like he just he's been awful. And, you know, I could think of like I a lot of people hate Shore, but I, I feel like Shore's a better choice uh than Cassian is. Like Shore Shore's problem is um just lack of, of NHL caliber skill, but his heart is there. Like Shore comes out to play. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, and I preface that by saying NHL caliber skill because it always drives me nuts when people say that guy sucks because shit, he's played more NHL games than I have. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and, um, it, yeah. And so I just like what's going on with him? He's now he's uh, sitting on the fourth line. I, I feel like he's got more to give and maybe we're not seeing it. Maybe, maybe Fogel and Ryan, I, I like, I think tough start to the season, but he's been playing well. I thought he was, and he wasn't too bad tonight. No. And I'm still, I mean, any one of those guys, that's not a big name guy that I think about. It's always uh, Ryan McLeod. He's, He's just something special. I, I don't know what it is about him. I just am rooting for him so badly. Uh, but there is a positive for you is the trade deadline acquisitions. Um, I know we just talked about Broussard and he's, he's kind of struggling to find his way, but he certainly hasn't, uh, you know, crippled the team. It's not like he's been a waste of a pick. You just got to find out where he belongs and what he's going to contribute. And that, that'll take a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, but I think he's a valuable commodity. Uh, same with, uh, with, uh, Kulak, you know, like just some good pieces there that some useful holes that are filled, uh, by those trade deadline acquisitions. I think you're right. I think, uh, Broussard was kind of hamstrung by playing with Cassia. Uh, but I, I really, I look at some of the things he's doing and he's doing the right things. He's, yeah. he's pushing off, he's finding space. He's not. He's not hurting, and and I think if as long as he's not hurting, then then you give him the leeway to find his way. Whereas someone like Cassian was not only not doing his job, but when he doesn't do his job, 
it's so noticeable because he doesn't really contribute in any other meaningful way <laughs> yeah. besides that job. Yeah. So, but but having said that, if he does his job properly, then he also becomes a threat in other ways. I don't know what it is about him, but but it's just like when you're on and you're feeling the confidence and you're bouncing off people, then yeah. other things start to go your way. And maybe he doesn't hit that post. Maybe he doesn't miss that breakaway because he's just he's just in his own. Um, he's not the kind of player that's going to come out of that by by scoring a goal. It wouldn't have mattered either way. He still would have just slunked back into oblivion. Yep. Whereas Broussard, you know, consistent. He can contribute. He can contribute in a lot of other ways. Where if he's not, if he's not doing one thing, he can still do another thing right. Yeah. Yeah, no, you you know what, you're right, and you make a good point, which is, you know, Broussard's not hurting us, right? I mean, he's just not, maybe maybe the expectation for what he brought to the team was a little bit high, given the fact that he came out of the gates, it seemed, you know, with the early goal, uh, it seemed like some chemistry with Nuge, but, you know, you, and what more do you want out of a fourth liner right now, other than to say, don't get scored on, right? You know, create a little bit of momentum, don't get scored on, you know, do your job, pick up a couple minutes. And, and he's done that. I think he's done that. And, um, you're, you're a hundred percent, like not everybody can be Ryan McLeod. I'll tell you that. Uh, and uh, Ryan McLeod is a special player. Let's talk about that because I, I don't think we talk about it. And we, we do talk about it a lot, but not even enough because here's a guy playing fourth line minutes night after night after night. And he is, he is, he plays a second or a third line game. And so if you've never played hockey, you wouldn't realize how difficult that is. Um, but for a lot of people that have played hockey, uh, then you understand that sitting on the bench that long and getting out on the ice and playing a second or third st line style of game, which McLeod does, and he does it well is damn tough and um and he he you know you don't you don't ever you look on the bench and he's still smiling he's happy to be a part of the group and he the you know the puck the puck just never dies with him like and it's just he just do, does all of the right things with it and i i i am floored by the responsibility that he does, that he has for a kid that's been in, in the league as long as he has. And I, I'll tell you this, I see like, I see a bright future for him. Uh, if the Oilers, uh, you know, continue to develop him the right way, but he's doing things that I just, I can't believe he does on fourth line minutes. Cause I know, I know if, if it's me and, and I'm not near the athlete that he is, not even in the same ballpark. Uh, but if I'm sitting for that long on the bench, you know, it takes me another 30 seconds just to get warmed up to, to, <laughs> to get, to get to a quarter of his speed. And, um, oh, look, I, I love it. I love it. I love the kid. It's gotta be exciting for people that play with him too, because I, I'm obviously not playing very competitive hockey. I play with guys of all different skill levels. And you just you get very excited when you, you find someone who just kind of gets it. Um, and not necessarily that I'm the smartest player in the world or the greatest player in the world, but 
there's certain people you have chemistry with and there's certain people you don't, but you can't find that chemistry with some people because they just are never going to figure it out <laughs> yep. because they, they never put the puck where you expect it to be or where, a, where a reasonable person might put it when they don't know you. I, I kind of get my sticks in certain spots and there's people that I'm used to playing with that know where to look for it and all that. And, uh, there's just some people that you realize, okay, they just, they're never going to, I got to change the way I play because what I'm doing isn't going to contribute to what this player does. I have to adjust to that. Yeah. Whereas McLeod is, is a guy you can play any kind of style with. He's very smart. He, he belongs kind of anywhere in that lineup, depending on where you need him in any given moment. And, and I think he can drive a line by himself, which is very, very important when you have, kind of a revolving door in those other slots um they could sort of feed off him and, and you know look what the oilers problem was that they don't have any depth right yep. they were the, the they were the most shallow team in the world in the known stratosphere until they got evander king and all of a sudden evander king <laughs> now we're saying there's the depth they need but no they had it all along they have those I was looking at the lineup after the trade deadline and I'm like, I'm running out of slots to put all the players I want in the lineup, in the lineup. Someone's got to go. And that's a great problem to have. You have that ne Woodcroft has given them that next man up mentality where if you're not performing now, I've never had to coach by contract. Like, so a guy like Cassian, you know, kind yeah. of an easy scratch sometimes, but maybe you can't do that in the NHL level. I don't know because the money he makes, but for me, with the, he's got a lot of guys that he can keep sort of on rotation. There's that, that what you call the healthy competition, you know, for your spots. Yeah, and, and people are feeding off that, and that's a that's a problem the Oilers haven't had for a while, or at least they haven't had a coach who's been able to um, to sort of generate that problem, to sort of make those guys feel like they belong and believe in themselves. And, and you know, that's what that's a, a credit to Woodcroft. But yeah. it's also a credit to the guys down there that now they feel like they're a part of something and, and they're willing to contribute in any way possible and, and they're feeding off of each other. And one of the driving forces of that, I feel, is Ryan McLeod and what he's bringing to the table. And I think I mentioned to you once, you know, you got a left-handed shot. It's kind of a lanky guy. All of a sudden he streaks with some speed. And there's times I see a seven on the jersey and I'm like, is that a 71 or a 97? Yeah, and in in no way am I comparing them to the, the elite level of of. But the speed is there. McDavid. Yeah, but the speed, the the things, the the takeoff speed, and, and the way he kind of moves the puck for a second there, you do wonder sometimes, and that's you know, <laughs> Jesus, there's not a lot of guys you can say that about. Yeah, and um, you know, it it uh, while I you know, I don't know what his um what his ceiling is. Uh, if he ends up being a top player in this league, it, it will not surprise me in the least. And um, he certainly, look, he's certainly got the right mentors, <laughs> right? Like if you're, if you're going to have that kind of speed, uh, you want to be around uh, McDavid, right? Like, you, you know, you, and, and um, you know, it, look, you talk to anybody, people will say, well, you know, um, McDavid's got, all the talent in the world. Well, these guys aren't born with that, right? Like it's a work ethic. It's a lot of different things, you know, and, and so, you know, for McLeod, 
uh, you know, just to be around the type of work ethic that it takes to be a star in the NHL, to be around, you know, Dreisaitl and to be around McDavid and and understand what it takes to be at that level is going to be anything but is, is just going to be good for him. Uh, and hopefully it's good for the team. Um, all right. We're uh, just over an hour, so we're going to uh, start to wind things down. Uh, you saw the uh, Holloway uh, uh, assist there in Bakersfield? Yeah, jeez. Yeah, man. Hey, don't get too excited, though. And, and uh, he's not I'd, – I'd be surprised if we see him this year, but there's another kid that uh, should be good. Well, they can't bring him up this year. If he if no. he does stuff like that in the NHL, they're gonna punch him in the mouth. That's, that's right. That's right. You don't you don't want him skilling it up, or he'll have even fewer teeth than uh, McLeod. <laughs> that, maybe that's where McLeod lost all of his teeth. <laughs> he was skilling it up. Maybe skilling it up. Oh man! Oh, we didn't even we didn't even touch on that. One of these days, we'll have a uh, Tuesday night Oilers live. With this schedule, is ridiculous, right? Like it's you know when there's not an Oilers game, it feels weird. Um, yeah, I mean it is. Um, this is quite the schedule. Uh, we'll see how this pans out when it comes to playoffs because these guys are going in already in playoff injury mode. Um, Dreisaitl's definitely hurt, right? Like, he's been hurt all year, if you ask me. And, in fact, I was thinking about this today. I know we're at the hour mark, but I'm going to say it. Do not do not be surprised if Dreisaitl gets wrist surgery uh, at the end of the season. And uh, what the recovery rate would be, I don't know. I think you can recover from a wrist uh, pretty quick, but... Um, especially when you're like 20 something if you're my age it takes months but those guys um i just i i have this sense that he's yeah he's gonna he's gonna slug it out till the end of the season and then something's gonna come out about how bad it was right and um let's just hope it doesn't affect going into next season which i hate to think that far out but but anyway, I'm not going to be surprised by that. That's just a thought that crossed my mind, and you heard it here first on Heavy Hockey, Oilers Live. So I'll be replaying that clip when the day comes they announce it. Like, yeah, I called it. What's the date today? April 13th. I called that April 13th. And you guys think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Which, <laughs> that's not mutually exclusive there. I'm, I might still yeah. be crazy. I might it's have got that still right. the 12th in Edmonton, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it is the 12th. That's right. <laughs> Damn it. He is crazy. He doesn't even have the date right. Doesn't even have the date right. All right. It's that time, Josh, where I put my mic on mute, despite wanting to scream many a time at Dash and say, like, what the hell are you talking about? And um, you know the drill. You get the last word. When you're done, make sure you say goodnight. I, you know, I keep giving these instructions over and over again. Nobody says goodnight. Like, just say goodnight. Eventually, people are going to understand. I need to say goodnight. I've, I've had some uh, really bad pauses where 
I'm waiting for the you know the guest to say goodnight. That's the last word, and then there's the 45 seconds <laughs> yeah. where they're like, "What is happening?" Everybody, yeah, oh, everybody, everybody's looking. <laughs> so don't forget that part. Uh, but um, uh, my my last words for the night. You know what? Five one loss tonight. It was shitty. Uh, you know there were a few takeaways. Uh, do you like uh, Kane coming out there and doing all that stuff uh, that he did? I think that's good. I think we need to see more of that down the stretch. I, I, while I hate playoff officiating, I think if we're going to get it, I'm happy to see it now. I'm just happy to see the Oilers going into the playoffs rolling because I think when you see guys like McDavid and you see Dreisaitl playing the way they're playing with this type of clutch and grab and this type of officiating – all of those things, it's only going to mean bigger things for these guys. Like the, like the league needs to be on notice that they're going to come to play. And uh, like they already knew McDavid was great. I just think he's going to step it up an extra level. And I feel weird saying that because he's coming off of two games without a point. But, man, you know, game of inches sometimes. So there you are. Uh, all right. You're up, Josh. Last word. I'm putting myself on mute right now. Maybe I will just sit here and relish the silence for a minute. I don't know. Um, a couple of things you brought up, dry cycle and, and kind of how he looks injured. That is the kind of thing you worry about with a game like tonight. Uh, it doesn't really matter anymore. Do you, do you give that guy less ice time, protect him a little bit and move on to the next one? I don't know, but luckily everybody survived the night. It is funny how after the end of a season, they look at the list of players and they all report their injuries that were all undisclosed forever. And then you see, I remember one year there was a tweet from a team saying, you know, only one guy needed surgery this year. And I was picturing any other company going through their roster of employees and reporting only one surgery as a positive thing for their, for their work year. Uh, only in the, only in professional sports, and that's what we love about it. Um, <clears throat> I will say, keep in mind, we uh, as Oilers fans, there were a lot of you that didn't believe this was even a playoff team at, at not even that long ago. I've always believed in this roster. I've always said they were deep enough, and here they are giving it their all. And not only are we in a playoff spot, we're actually fighting for home ice. Like, I know there's a bunch of you out there that never thought that was possible. So after a game like this, for the love of God, take a second and just be happy. As an Oilers fan, just be happy for one second and just realize what has gone on from, you know, January to now and think about what place we're in and, and the atmosphere around the team now. and Just enjoy it for one second of your life. Good night. 